Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the game day, Thursday, October the 25th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we've got a special episode, our one and only day of preview episode, as we get you guys ready for Texans Dolphins tonight in Houston. What's going on with Adam Gaze early in games, an update on Ryan Tannehill and all the injuries for the Miami Dolphins. Plus, we'll discuss concerns, opportunities, and matchups for the game. We will give you the lock of the week, pick the game, and throw in some college picks for good measure. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite all of you to please subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, give us a review, follow me on Twitter at NFL. follow the show at LockedOnFins, and check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll have all the post-game stuff for you guys up there on the podcast tonight, as well as the website LockedOnDolphins.com. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast, for all the local and national coverage of all of your favorite teams. Both of these teams on a short week have mash unit injury reports. Let's go ahead and talk about them. And as he does every day on the podcast, the Mad Dog leads us into some injury items and news. But first, a word on Ryan Tannehill. Per the three yards per carry podcast, Ryan Tannehill is set to be reevaluated ahead of the Jets game next week. But it sounds like the hope for his return is closer to the Green Bay game on November the 11th at Lambeau Field. So it sounds like we'll see Tannehill again this year, but it might be two more games of the Brock Lobster himself. And speaking of that game in Lambeau, real quick, a couple of schedule updates for the Dolphins. That game in Lambeau has been flexed to 425 East, opposed to the original 1 o'clock kickoff start time. And the Week 16 game against the Jacksonville Jaguars has officially been set for a 1 o'clock Eastern kickoff on December the 23rd, a Sunday. There was a possibility that game could be moved into Saturday primetime. They did not choose to do that. But bringing it back to week eight, tonight's game in Houston, both these teams incredibly banged up. Almost hard to believe how many players are on the injury report for both teams. And the Dolphins have three guys we know that are out in addition to the season-ending injuries to all the players we have already. Ryan Tannehill, Kenny Stills, and Charles Harris have all been ruled out for the game. Questionable in the return are A.J. Derby. Mike Gasicki as well, the tight end, is a questionable for game time. And it sounds like Jonathan Woodard, the defensive end, will be back for Miami. As for the Houston Texans, it sounds like Aaron Colvin could be out, the slot cornerback. Not quite sure there. Also DNPs on the day. Zach Fulton, the right guard. Tight end Ryan Griffin. Safety Andre Hall and linebacker Brian Peters. So they also have plenty of guys down for this game and plenty of guys questionable for this game as the NFL and their never-ending quest for player safety, saying that tongue-in-cheek, of course, looks awfully ironic on Thursday nights with the injury report that we just read to you guys. But let's go ahead and break this game down and discuss some other hot topics surrounding our Miami Dolphins. That's another Miami Dolphins! In today's first down segment of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, Travis Winkle with you here, is brought to you by Blue Chew. And we're talking about on first down today, Adam Gaze's early game struggles. And going back to our friends over at Three Yards Per Carry, Chris Kaufman tweeted out a graphic today confirming something that, well, something we already knew. Miami sucks early in games on the offensive side of the football. 
Now, this is not exclusive to Gaze's time in Miami. It actually goes back to his time in Chicago in 2015, which is post-Peyton Manning for him. And Chris did some fine work pulling up average points per drive from drives 1 through drive 12 in any given game. It shows you two things. Number one, Adam Gaze's 15-play script sucks, and I'll tell you why I think that's the case here in a minute. But also, number two, he's actually pretty good at in-game adjustments. And if you watched the Turning Point show on NBC Sports, the segment on the Dolphins and Bears game a few weeks ago, Gaze is rather stoic in his approach, and he's always dialed into his play sheet. He's great in that regard in finding out things that work throughout the course of the game, and that's a big reason why Miami has more comeback wins under Adam Gaze than any coach going back to Dave Wansett, and it might even be before that. I'm not sure on that for you guys. I didn't do the research to confirm that on Dave Wanstead, but I just assumed that he didn't have many comeback wins because of his style of play. But nonetheless, you get the picture. He's much, much better than Joe Philbin or Tony Sperano and their coaching staffs in respect to in-game adjustments. But as far as starting the game off and early on in the game, going back to Chris's graphic here, the Dolphins' first drive under Adam Gaze and going back to Chicago as well, the team averages about 1.1 points per drive, which the NFL average is two points per drive most of the, most of the time and most years in the NFL Drive number two stays right about the same. Drive number three goes up very slightly to about 1.3. And then drive number four kicks all the way up to one and a half points per drive. A huge uptick. Drive five, drive six sees a steady incline there from 1.5 up to 1.6 and 1.7. And then there's a dip. And that's right about where halftime is. So he comes out of the locker room, adjusts at halftime, and doesn't get things going again until drive 8, 9, and 10, 11, 12, where that number increases onward up towards two points per drive. On the 12th drive of the game, they average over two points per drive. So it's a steady incline from the first half up until drive 6, and then a dip back down at halftime, and then another incline back up to two points per drive as the fourth quarter goes along. So it's an interesting dynamic. It's interesting to see that he can't quite get things figured out early on. And here's why I think that might be the case as for why his script is unsuccessful, as this is what I see on tape when watching his All-22. When Ryan Tannehill was playing, they'd open the game up with 12 personnel, 21 personnel, something that is a tendency breaker to start things off from his usual 11 personnel packages. And from there, they'd throw a swing route to the running back right into the pressure. They'd bootleg Tannehill with layers concept to the one side of the field, or even have him run the football. And this can accomplish three things for the quarterback and for the offense. It loosens the quarterback up and gets him into the flow of the game. It puts the pressure on the defense and it's a great drive starter, a good way to get things going and get the guys involved in the game early on. But recently, that hasn't been the case. And as has usually been the case, it's a complex downfield route combination that the defense has planned for all week. They expect it. They know what's coming. And then you get a breakdown in pass protection and suddenly it's a sack and it's second and 17 and the drive is over before you know it. I think that Gaze probably just outsmarts himself in that area. And hopefully this is where he consults his comrades like Dow Loggins and Clyde Christian for an adapted approach going forward. Probably not going to happen this week on a short week, but it's something to keep an eye on down the line, especially with 10 days to prepare for the New York Jets. And speaking of this short week, we've got a game to talk about for tonight. We'll talk about everything Dolphins-Texans related here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. But first, a word from Blue Chew. And we know how difficult it can be for even the best professionals to get ready to go on a short week 
And for you guys looking to increase your performance or get that extra confidence, listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, so you know Blue Chew works. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person's doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Use promo code one word locked on for free shipping on your first order. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. It is game day here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Swingful, with you guys here as always. And we're going to break this game down as I have spent a lot of time looking at this Houston Texans team, both on offense, defense, and from a philosophical standpoint. And I just don't really see that impressive of a football team. They have weaknesses all over their roster from their offensive line, which is an utter shambles, to their run defense, to some breakdowns in coverage. They're just not that good of a football team and wins over the hapless Jaguars right now, the awful Bills, the reeling Colts, the Cowboys. These are not impressive victories, yet they have all this buzz around them at four and three. And while I recognize that going on the road on a short week is difficult, and that'll be kind of the talking point on the podcast, and I'm sure that will be the talking point on most Dolphins-related media this week, there's a lot of things the Dolphins can do to take advantage of this Texans offense, defense, and just team in general, because this team has to stay on schedule much in the way the Dolphins offense does in order to have any semblance of effectiveness. Their third down conversion rate is only 38%. They average 7.6 yards to go on third down, which we know third and long is an Achilles heel for the Dolphins. But with this Texans offensive line, maybe the Dolphins pass rush can get going this week. The Texans convert third and seven to nine yards, 37% of the time, and third and 10 plus, just 12% of the time. Keeping the Texans running game in check is the absolute key to this offense. They will help out in their pass protection by using tight splits. Most of their formations are tight splits brought in close to the line of scrimmage and close to the tackle box to help out with the pass protection and creating route concepts that gets the ball out very quickly. But conversely, there are two downsides to that approach as well. Running the football is difficult with a condensed box. And number two, those windows close just as fast as they open up. So this offense wants to run play action. They want to go deep down the field and they want to get Deshaun Watson on the edge in the running game. But because of shortcomings in the personnel department, that has been a struggle for them in 2018. The players on this offense, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, are the absolute must guys to watch. They can kill you at any given time. But talking about that offensive line, there are pressures allowed galore. No one allows more pressures and more sacks than the Texans. And as a result, Deshaun Watson has thrown the sixth most interceptions in the NFL. Their guard play is terrible, 66 and 68 on pro football focus, respectively. Kendall Lamb, the right tackle, outside of the top 50 tackles. Left tackle Julian Davenport is the worst graded left tackle in the entire NFL. They all struggle. That key matchup though, DeAndre Hopkins and Xavier Howard is the main event of the night. I am very excited to see how those two guys go at each other because they're both physical at the top of the route. They both can get a little bit grabby and Hopkins is always open no matter how tight he is covered. 
So that will be the key matchup when the Texans' offense is on the field against the Miami Dolphins' defense. And speaking of the Texans' defense, they have a new scheme sort of under Romeo Cornell going away from what Mike Vrabel did a year ago. It's more of a traditional 3-4 scheme, but really in this day and age, it's a 3-3-5 scheme. Odd front. They love to blitz. They love to find ways to get Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt one-on-one opportunities. And Clowney is going to travel all over that defensive line. Laramie Tunzel versus Clowney is the other heavyweight matchup but Clowney probably kicks inside and takes advantage of either Ted Larson, Travis Swanson, or Jesse Davis and tries to find a way to get J.J. Watt one-on-one because Watt has finally returned to his pre-injury form. In the secondary, it's all about Tyron Matthew. They're going to move him all over the field. They're going to blitz him like crazy. He's going to help and run support, but they're also going to try to man him up on some tight ends. And I think Mike Gesicki might have a chance to use his size on Matthew in this game. I hope we see more Gesicki. I hope we see more tight end sets, more 12 personnel, maybe some 21 personnel with both running backs in the game. And hopefully, maybe some Kalen Balaj in this game as I've been waiting to see him for quite some time now. But I think Brock Osweiler, you know, some of his vulnerabilities. He could have a chance to go down the field in the passing game, particularly to Jakeem Grant on the boundary, because a lot of times the Texans will press that boundary side of the formation and then Jakeem Grant can take the top off. And from there, they're going to bring a linebacker over to cover the running back over there, whether it's a wheel, whether it's a go, whether it's a flat route. He has a lot of responsibility, Zach Cunningham and Kenyon Drake has to take advantage of that and he has to catch the damn ball this week. And as is a given in most weeks, but more so this week because the Dolphins banged up receiver core as well as the backup quarterback, they're going to have to find a way to establish the running game. The Texans aren't great on the interior, but they do have some speed and relatively good players on the edge. So I imagine the running game is going to have to come inside. Maybe some of that inside trap, inside draw stuff. They've been running with the wham blocks from the tight end and Nick O'Leary. As far as what the concerns are in this game, the Dolphins are 0-2 under Adam Gaze on the road on Thursday night games, been outscored 62-7 in those two games. They're absolutely reeling right now with six offensive starters from opening day now on the shelf. We know about traveling on the short week, how tough that can be. Also, just dealing with Deshaun Watson and what he can do as a mobile quarterback. These guys have given Dolphins defenses problems for so many years now, whether it was Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota. And speaking of Mariota, the Dolphins defense did well in that week one game. Hopefully the same plan will be the case here with an upfield rush where you kind of rush to a spot, not to the quarterback to try to contain him in, make him think, and make him beat you from the pocket. That has to happen in this game. I mentioned the Dolphins have to establish the running game, contain Watson, and they have to dominate in the red zone because the Texans are the 31st worst or 31st best, I should say. So second to last team in terms of converting red zone possessions into touchdowns. And that's where Miami is best. So that's their opportunity. Get those three things done. They can find a win and get to five and three and hopefully give the fans a nice 10-day layoff until the next game because a loss here, it's going to be another long week on Twitter, another very tough week to deal with Dolphins fans in general. So hopefully we get that win. The season kind of starts shifting back towards positive results because you look down the schedule and yeah, the Dolphins are banged up and they might not be favored against a lot of these teams, but a lot of these games coming up are very winnable and stealing this one on Thursday night would go a long way towards getting the year back on track towards double-digit wins for this Miami Dolphins team. It's going to be a tough game. And coming up next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast here, I'm going to predict that game on this game day preview podcast. We'll lock it up and throw in some college picks for good measure in the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Back in on the game day podcast here for October the 25th. Dolphins in Houston tonight to take on the Texans. We're going to predict the game here in a minute, but first, 
it is that time of the week again. Of course, it is time to lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. And today's lock of the week, I, I try to make these things positive every week, but I'm really struggling on this one. I wanted to say that my lock was that Houston would score a touchdown on defense, but nobody wants to hear that. So I'm going to go ahead and go with a speed demon, the replacement for Kenny Stills, a guy that has brought me success with the locks this year, and the elevated playing time could be a blessing in disguise for this offense. I'm talking, of course, about the electrifying touchdown machine that is the big play threat, Jakeem Grant a lengthy touchdown that comes from 40 plus yards out. The Dolphins big play offense has been their entire offense this year. And without Albert Wilson, without Kenny Stills, it's got to be Jakeem Grant. This Texans defense has some struggles in the back end, especially from a speed standpoint. So my prediction, my lock of the week is that Jakeem Grant gets on top of the Houston Texans defense and scores one from deep. It could be on defense. It could be on special teams. Jakeem Grant makes another impact play as he is wont to do this season in 2018. And that is your week eight lock of the week from the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And it is a Thursday podcast. It's a unique podcast, a game day podcast for us. We have a game tonight against the Houston Texans and we have to predict that game. And I'm actually bullish on a lot of these matchups. I love Miami's pass rush to get right in this game. I love that Houston really isn't that good of a team. They lost to the New York Giants. Their one win for the Giants was against this Texans team. But I just can't take this team on a short week on the road when they are utterly pitiful in both aspects under Adam Gaze. And I was going to say something crazy like 42 to 10, but I've pulled it back a little bit since then. And I'm going to go with Dolphins 13, Texans 27. We get disappointed in primetime once again. I hope that's not the case, but that's just how I feel about this game until they show me otherwise on the road and like I mentioned on the short week. But the good news is after a hot start to the season picking games, I have sucked lately at picking Dolphins games. So maybe I'll continue my losing streak and the Dolphins get back in the winning ways. But like I said, not going to pick this team on the road, not going to pick this team on a short week, not going to pick this team in primetime, not going to pick this team with six offensive starters down. And speaking of my own personal losing streaks, picking the Dolphins, I actually had to bail on college picks last week because of my unprecedented two-week-ago record of going 0-6. Absolutely terrible. But today, I am back, baby. I won my bet on the Cougs last week, taking down the Oregon Ducks and Pullman. So I'm technically up heading into this weekend, or at least that's how I'm going to justify it. But these are my six picks for the weekend across college football. These picks are free. You don't have to take them, but you can if you want. Clemson getting 17 points or giving 17 points to Florida State. I want the Tigers in that one. Florida State can't block anybody. Clemson's defensive line has four first rounders on it. Arizona State at USC getting seven points. Give me Herman Edwards' team. Florida and Georgia over 51 points. This is the SEC. This is college football. Teams score a lot of points. Take the over there. Syracuse plus two and a half against North Carolina State at home in the Carrier Dome. Give me the orange. Tennessee and South Carolina over 54. Give me the candy on the overs all the time, baby, in college football. And the sixth pick, Oregon Ducks minus nine and a half at the Arizona Wildcats without Khalil Tate and their horribly, horribly awful team they've had this year so far in the Pac-12. So there's your six free picks. Clemson, Arizona State, Florida, Georgia over. Syracuse, Tennessee, South Carolina over. And Oregon at Arizona. Those are the picks. Do with them what you will. But I am feeling a bounce back week this week as we are pulling out all the stops, hoping to get some good luck, both for the college picks 
and more importantly for our Miami Dolphins to get right tonight in Houston against the Texans. I'll have the post-game column for you guys up on LockedOnDolphins.com. But as for this show, it is time for me to get out of here. And like I said, trying to bring out all the stops for the positive juju for the team. Let's go ahead and go with this outro song. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great game night. We'll talk to you tomorrow for a recap edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.